Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. In the lead up to the PAA conference in Melbourne in August this year, we have a series of short podcast episodes to introduce each of the workshop presenters. On today's episode, we have the privilege of introducing Benjamin Rashley. Ben is the co-owner of Aligned for Life Pilates, Melbourne CBD, and a PAA principal trainer with extensive experience in teaching anatomy for national Pilates training. He sees a broad range of clients from special conditions to rehab to conditioning for elite artists and athletes, including overseeing the Pilates conditioning program for Jason Coleman's Ministry of Dance and Melbourne City FC. His main areas of interest are articular health and strengthening, as well as applying strength conditioning techniques to the Pilates method. Benjamin's presentation at this year's PAA conference is titled Knowing the Neck. Benjamin, welcome to the podcast. Bruce, it's always a pleasure. Benjamin, could you give us a quick overview of your presentation that you have in store for us at the upcoming PAA conference? So Knowing the Neck is a workshop with the intention of being able to create a better understanding of the neck, but in particular, its articular features and having a look at the seven vertebrae of the neck and its proximal features being the head and the upper thoracic and shoulders. From there, looking at how that articulation can affect the rest of how the neck moves, but also body proprioception and body recruitment going down through the role of the neck on a physiological point where how our neck starts to create the motion for the head and eyes, how our body will follow suit on that as well. So being able to break that down a little bit and have a look at the articulation of it, because sometimes I feel we break down a lot of articulations through the rest of the thoracic and the lumbar and other parts of our limbs, but the neck gets neck things like flex the neck, do the side, retract. So we're going to try and break that down a little bit more. So interesting, the possibilities with the neck and the immobilities that so often show up because it's required to do so much. Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff in there, if I could just say that. For a small area, it contains a lot, and it sounds fantastic what you're diving into and exploring with your workshop. Yeah, there's a lot in there to be able to have a look at, and if we can have a look a little bit more into it, I think it definitely does unlock a little bit of that storytelling that that motion can give you as opposed to going, oh, I'm tight my neck. The common story these days of text neck and device usage and long-term sitting devices, I think it's such a hot topic. Absolutely. And I don't know anyone that hasn't had some sort of neck pain or sore neck or stiff neck. And I think we tend to, and look, I'm talking on a general sense, like this is not a dig at anyone or anything or any modality, but I do think that we spend a lot of time training other parts of our body, so to speak. We talk about training the core or training the abdominals or doing upper back training or extensor training or working on our shoulder cuff and all that sort of stuff or mobility. And then when it gets to neck, it's a little bit more generalized. It's just, oh, we'll follow the alignment of everything else as opposed to actually, how about, there's a lot of musculature in there, arguably about 32 pairs of muscles associated with the neck, maybe looking into understanding it and training it a little bit more. I have a common dialogue with the feet, the similar numbers of bones in your feet as there is to your spine, and the spine gets a lot more airtime than the feet usually. And I've even worked with practitioners in the past who have specifically said, I don't talk about anything below the ankle. 
in the same regard to your neck topic. I think it's fantastic to dive into the detail of that. Absolutely. Just with the feet or the hands, we have those joints for a reason. We have that musculature there for a reason. And probably because there's a lot in there, it can be quite daunting. So being able to make it less daunting, clarify some things, I think it's an important thing to be able to do. And it leaves the delegates at the conference with plenty of interesting topics to explore further from the snippet, no doubt, that you're going to cover in the couple of hours of the presentation. It's not possible to cover everything, but it leaves the delegates very inspired to go away and look at it closer. Yeah, and this has been the tricky thing about writing it. I've wanted to do this for a while, this subject. This is like at least a four to six hour workshop. How are we going to put it into snack size pieces in a two hour snippet to try and expand the view of things? So I do expect people to walk out of this going, I'd like to know more. I'd like to look into this more. And this is BS. Ben's only given me a little bit of it. And I feel like I haven't got enough, which is probably the best part about it. Us being able to break that down and then going back to work and trying to take some of that principle of knowledge that we've learned in those two hours and put it into your own sense and put it into your own exploration. And then we're going to do some exercises in the workshop, but we have this massive library of knowledge, exercises, and creativity as we come as an industry. We will work through that in the two hours, but you've got to take those principles and then put it into your own style of teaching and own knowledge. Because what I will do as a certain articulation exercise of a deep neck flexor recruitment is going to look different to what you would do or to what the physio down the road would give you. But if you can understand those principles that we come out with, you can apply it to how you teach. So important. Yeah. Ben, was there a specific background experience or learning that you had yourself that was the catalyst to creating the content for this conference presentation? So I used to play American football in an amateur state league here in Victoria and One of the biggest problems that we always had was neck problems. You are taking a lot of hits around that area and you're wearing protective equipment that's quite heavy as well. And then you're asked to work your neck into position so you can turn quicker and you can react quicker. So that was quite an interesting thing to be able to do that. And it's just like, well, my neck does that without a giant helmet on my head and pads. But when I put all that stuff on, it lacks the capacity to be able to do that. So that was the first thing that started me to work on my neck. But from there, I have gone off since doing my advanced diploma in the Pilates method and gone down another realm, which is a method called the functional range systems, which is adopted by a lot of physiotherapists, EPs and the like. The functional range systems mainly works on articulative control, the capacity around each articular segment. Every joint has its own capacity. So looking at the neck you can flex your neck out of that joint, but maybe not out of the next three. And then you can again. Being able to have a look at where that capacity is on those areas and being able to work them all into a good neuromuscular control. One thing I did find is the more I delved into it, the more I found, especially us in the Pilates industry, we're very big on articular control, but we're very good at hiding our inability to articulate through certain segments. I think that assessment skill and that analytical eye is the foundation for being a great Pilates teacher. It certainly speaks to the biomechanist in me coming through a sports science degree in the early days, being fortunate to touch on those concepts of each joint has its own mechanism and what if we optimise that, what would be possible? Yeah, absolutely. Being able to work into what does that person actually need to be able to achieve that motion as opposed to going, oh, well, you've got a crappy neck, let's just do neck things and it will hopefully be okay. 
And Ben, for those considering coming into your presentation at the conference, what will be the top couple of takeaway ideas and concepts from the session? First key takeaway is the analysis of segmental articulation. Being quite aware that we are Pilates practitioners, we are movement specialists. So we will be looking at this as a way to analyze it purely from a movement sense, as opposed to outstepping our scope into the manual therapy world. We will be looking at some telltale signs of what could be happening when we go through a movement on what else might be presenting because of that. We might have some facet blockages when we're going through a sagittal plane motion just by some deviations that tend to happen. And and then from there, being able to hone in and tackle some of those restrictions that are happening around certain vertebrae and certain bits of the neck. Then moving on into some strategies on being able to use neck recruitment and use neck exercises and positioning that traditionally wouldn't be looked at as a neck exercise to be able to influence the rest of the body on how it recruits. Sounds so comprehensive. And after coming along to the presentation, what will participants be able to immediately apply with their clients as they return to work on the Monday morning after the conference, Ben? I think a better understanding on how the neck works and how it moves articulatively, and then being able to apply those principles back into the exercises that we all know and love and work with that involve the neck. I have a lot of clients that can't achieve a chest lift or any of that sort of work without having that low occipital headache pain over trap guarding and they get given the same old thing which is do your chin retraction and then we'll work it from there yes there is a need for retraction and flexion involved but if it's so global it still doesn't change how they're going to feel and how they recruit working with these sorts of systems and theories have helped them to be able to achieve a lot of those pilates exercises that we all love to teach like your teasers your roll-ups your hundreds anything that's in a chest lift for a long period of time anything where your head's no longer supported. And a lot of them are now finding that they can do those sorts of things, any of that support work, that side lateral work off Cadillacs, wonder chairs, and not have to worry about their upper quadrant anymore and get it into a position where they get better recruitment in the rest of their body. I see so much the importance of organising what the thoracic cage is up to to help the neck try and orientate itself because it's so reliant on the thoracic cage, let alone the rest of the body, of course. That's an important link that I highlight for many of my clients. If we go back to your conversation about feet and how it's the base of a lot of the work that you'll do and you actually need to have good work out of the feet, whether you want to call it posture, whether you want to call it alignment, and then how that organizes the rest of the body. I think it's so important because if you take that up the chain, it just keeps going and your thoracic and your shoulder girdle is like the feet for your neck. So if you're getting the organization there, or vice versa, depending on how you're working the exercise, the neck's going to influence the thoracic and the thoracic's going to influence the neck. I think sometimes we get caught up with going, oh, well, if we get our thoracic in the right position, the neck will follow suit. And sometimes it's actually the other way around. You need to get your neck in the right position for your thoracic to follow suit. So, so true. We all can't wait for your presentation coming up at the conference in Melbourne in August, Benjamin. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today as always, and thanks so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you at the live presentations in August. Thanks, Bruce. Always my pleasure to be on. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources, and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. 
Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance Members Forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.